Good morning. It is the 29th of December, 2023. The, the end of the year is upon us. And this story is not going to go away. It's not going to go away anytime soon. The story being, of course, the infernal document issued by Fernandez, signed by Francis, allowing for the blessings that fulfill all of James Martin's hopes and dreams, at least in the short term. Obviously, James Martin had much grander dreams. He would like to see the Catholic Church fully on board, unambiguously and unequivocally on board with the aims and demands of the secular world on the issue we dance around talking about here when we talk about this document. And, of course, the part of the news is now that it's something it's estimated now that a thousand bishops have basically said no to this formally or informally most of them informally, not in the stand up publicly and say no kind of way. But when asked by parishioners, they say, no, we're not going to go and do this document. While the rest have either said, yes, we will, or have given kind of the American bishops waffling answer of it could cause confusion if we do this incorrectly. So, and nothing changed with the document, which you have to ask yourself, the basic question, if they were actually not going to change anything with this document, why was it issued? That is not something we've ever gotten a good answer to. And speaking of the document itself, I want to return to the document because there is something that I've been meaning to talk about here. It's in this document that I haven't seen anybody else do. And it's in paragraph 27, which is a doozy of a paragraph. And again, I haven't seen anybody else talk about this. So let's just go over this very briefly here. So paragraph 27 of Fiducia Supplicans, quote, In the catechesis cited at the beginning of this declaration, Pope Francis proposed a description of this kind of blessing that is offered to all without requiring anything. It is worth reading the words with an open heart, for they help us grasp the pastoral meaning of blessings offered without preconditions. Quote, It is God who blesses. In the first pages of the Bible, there is a continual repetition of blessings. God blesses but humans also give blessings. And soon it turns out that the blessing possesses a special power, which accompanies those who receive it throughout their lives and disposes man's heart to be changed by God. So we are more important to God than all the sins we can commit because he is father. He is mother. He is pure love. He has blessed us forever and he will never stop blessing us. It is a powerful experience to read these biblical texts of blessing in a state institution or in a reparative group to make these people feel that they are still blessed, notwithstanding their serious mistakes, their heavenly father continues to will their good to hope that they will ultimately open themselves to the good. Even if their closest relatives have abandoned them because they now judge them to be irredeemable, God always sees them as his children. End quote. So God as mother. And I've seen a few people like, on, you know, email me about this going, what do they mean by God as mother? I'm curious what you think about that. What do you think they mean by God as mother? Well, remember that God is the father, right? And God is the son and God is the Holy Spirit. And there is always been this attempt by people to start using, calling the Holy Spirit, essentially the mother. There have been people who have done that. You've, you may have seen priests bless people that way. Of course, it invalidates their masses when they do it, but hey, you know, whatever, right? 
But there's also this attempt to really emphasize that while God is father, and yes, there are sort of some of the aspects of what we would consider motherhood there, that to really emphasize that, to try to insert modern ideological language into the mass by or into the faith by overemphasizing that. And that's what you're seeing here. It's right. It's insidious. I wouldn't say this is a full on, you know, pagan statement. Like some have said, I've seen again, some layman who've read this document go, this is just full on back to pre-Christianity with this, but that's what it is. And, you know, abandoned nomad says mother equals goddess. Right. So that's, I mean, this is a, this is a, this statement in this document is itself a, watering down of the faith and a watering down of our own understanding of even the Godhead itself. Catherine says, in addition to deleting justice, they are attempting to erase Our Lady. Well, yes, and there's always that persistent rumor that they're going to try to erase approved Marian apparitions, too. Good morning to Zacharias in the chat. Morning to Philip in Spain and to the rest around the world, wherever you may be watching. Continue, though. But yes, you see, Fernandez is upset that people can see the obvious intent that's in the document. That's how he's tying himself into knots over this. It's obvious what the outcome was going to be when they issued this. We knew when this document was issued. As soon as it was issued, it was obvious what was going to happen. You were going to have a, a fair number of bishops dance in the streets for this. You see a lot of priests dance in the streets for this. We're going to see a lot of laity do car wheels and celebrate. You're going to see some bishops and cardinals and priests react the way that Schneider reacted and the way that Mueller reacted and the, way that the African bishops have reacted with basically abject horror and say, no, we're not doing this. And then you're going to see a whole bunch, a disturbingly large number of bishops and priests and dioceses not say anything at all, either to pretend it didn't happen or they might issue some statements saying, oh, this is, see, if you look at it through, through this magnifying glass at this weird angle, this thing is actually completely okay. It's just badly written. Those were the predictable responses, and that is exactly what we got. Confusion and ambiguity. The document itself isn't all that ambiguous. When they say that it's couples being blessed, you should take their word at it because that's what the document says. Fernandez himself has said that, and that is the problem here. So either, again, Francis and Fernandez are completely out of their depths because they didn't understand what was going to happen, or they really were being, you know, they really were aiming to sow division in the church, division and discord. My money is on the ladder, that that is what they were aiming for. So we go here to our first one of these articles to look at today, which is from cath.net. Well, hold on here. I'll pause on that because uh, Mark sent a super chat in. Thank you very much for the super chat. It is greatly appreciated. But now we will go to that article here. Kath.net, a German language news outlet. He's tying himself into knots now because, according to uh, Fernandez, it is unacceptable that some Episcopates have already proposed ritualized forms of blessing. He currently, or maybe probably has returned to Rome by now, but right after Christmas, he went to Germany to tell them, hey, guys, you're not supposed to do this. Because what the German bishops did, if you've been following the stories out of Germany for the last couple of years that I've been covering, the German bishops wanted to do James Martin blessings. They wanted to do more than James Martin blessings. They wanted to go full holy matrimony for them. I guess we'll call that one unholy matrimony. 
They wanted to do that. They wanted to do the whole kit and caboodle, so to speak. And Fernandez said, no, you guys can't do that. Even though the document, you could read it from where they're sitting and see that that's exactly what the document allows them to do. So from cath.net, quote, Victor Manuel Fernandez, a prefect for the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith, stated in an interview with The Pillar shortly before Christmas, after days of discussion surrounding the controversial letter, Fiducio Supplicans, that the church firmly adheres to the church's traditional teaching on holy matrimony and does not allow any kind of liturgical rite or blessing similar to a liturgical rite that could cause confusion. So what they mean by liturgical rite, a blessing, they mean something formalized. Remember, it's supposed to be on the spot. Priest does it on the spot. Like, I think it was yesterday or the day before, I reported that there was a priest in Houston who was witnessed by somebody, some contractors doing some repair work on the parish, offering a blessing to two gentlemen. They handed him a pair of their rings, and he blessed their rings with those, with the with his actual external priestly blessing. I'm sure it's fine, right? According to this document, because again. It's non-liturgical. It was on the spot. But what do you think he was blessing? He says, they, when asked about how some rituals that have already been established by bishops, like in Germany, the cardinal emphasized that it is inadmissible and that some episcopates have already proposed ritualized forms of blessing. They should rephrase their proposal in this regard. Rephrase, okay. This type of blessing, according to the prefect, is a simple pastoral means of expressing people's faith, even if they are great sinners. So by bestowing this blessing on two people who spontaneously ask for you for it, you can legitimately ask God to grant them health, peace, and prosperity, things we all ask for and that a sinner can ask for. Since one can assume that not everything is a sin in the daily life of these two people, one can at the same time pray for them for a spirit of dialogue, patience, and mutual help, said Fernandez. The statement also mentions the request for the help of the Holy Spirit so that this relationship, often unknown to the priest, is purified of everything that does not correspond to the gospel and the will of God and matures according to God's plan. As I said, sometimes the priest on a pilgrimage does not know this couple, and sometimes they are two very close friends who share good things with each other, and sometimes they have had uh, relations of the flesh in the past. And what remains now is a strong feeling of belonging and mutual help. As a pastor, I have often met such couples who are sometimes exemplary, end quote. Of course, in that last part, the only thing that could possibly correspond in such relationship to God's will and mature to be in accordance with the gospel would be for the people involved to realize that they are engaged in activities that crowd to heaven for justice and then to end what it is they're doing completely, to step to walk away from one another and to live their lives in keeping with their state in life. And they don't need a blessing from the priest to do that. Remember the document says couple, doesn't say individuals, it says couple. And that would generally mean that it would, the blessing would include a ongoing, the relationship would continue to go. It would be an ongoing thing. You see the problem here. There is nothing in this that is good. There's nothing in the, those being blessed that is good in that. Yes, the individuals are created in the image and likeness of God. They deserve all the prayers and support they can get to conform their lives to the gospel, to conform their lives to the will of God, to live lives free of sin, seeking sanctity, and to have help overcoming the crosses they carry. 
And that is true of every single person, regardless of the sins that they wrestle with. It's a simple fact of life. We all need those things. Their core claim with this document is that nothing has changed, which then begs the question, why did they issue a document on a feast day just before Christmas if nothing was changing? Francis could have just given an address and said, you should consider offering blessings to those who struggle with the James Martin sin so that they may live their lives according to God's will. It would have barely been a blip on the radar. Nobody would have reported on it, and life would have gone on. But instead, you now have priests offering these blessings. You have dioceses telling people you have to offer them. You have other dioceses saying you will under no circumstances offer them. Such is where we are now. Let's check with the chat. Going back up here just to see what's going down. The modernists aren't deceiving anyone but themselves and those that are already disposed to, to we'll say, modernist thinking. That is very true. They have the, the only people that they have fooled are the people who fool themselves. Because there are people who continually tell themselves that everything is fine. There's nothing wrong going on. There are YouTube commentators who defend everything, everything coming out of Francis and who have who made who themselves made videos like a month before the document was issued saying what the German bishops are doing is wrong and that the church can't bless couples or anything. Right? People have played this and then just splice them together what they say now. The only people they're fooling is themselves. But yes, that's where we are. And that's just part of it, though, because let me get rid of that comment there. Because now, by tying himself to knots, I mean this, because then you get this article from Catholic News Agency from yesterday. Fernandez, it's proper for each bishop to discern the application of fiducia's supplicants. So you see, it's not appropriate what the German bishops are doing. But it's appropriate for each bishop and diocese to do things differently. To see the mental gymnastics here. What they really think is, they want you to think is that nothing has changed. They don't want ritualized blessings, but for now each bishop can discern for themselves the application of the infernal document. Nothing has changed. It's bad that the German bishops are doing what they're doing. You should do it the way I tell you to do it, but it's okay for you to do it the way you want to do it. See the gymnastics here. And they're trying to please everybody. And I have a story for you next week about how there is now being a formal request by some to pull the document entirely. I'll save that for next week, though. So from Catholic News Agency, quote, In an interview published in the Spanish newspaper, ABC, a source I've tried to use before, but their website's very hard to use, Fernandez responded to the criticism and divergent opinions expressed by other cardinals, bishops, and bishops' conference, assuring that, quote, if the text is read with an even disposition, whatever that means, it can be seen that it supports with great clarity and simplicity the perennial Catholic teaching on holy matrimony and the matters of the flesh. The cardinal stressed that the critics of fiducia supplicans, quote, cannot disagree with that doctrine, noting that in his understanding, the objections to the document have to do with the, quote, impropriety of giving blessings in their regional context that easily would be confused with the legitimization of of an irregular union, especially in Africa, where, quote, there is legislation that penalizes with uh, being put into permanent state custody, 
the mere fact of declaring oneself to be of the James Martin type. Imagine what a blessing would do, the doctrinal chief said. Oh, now you're thinking about the consequences to what's happening here. So that's another thing. Nobody thought about the consequences of what was going to happen to priests when they did this. He adds that it's, quote, proper for each local bishop to make that discernment in his diocese or in any case to give further guidance. After the December 18th publication of Fiducia Supplicans, there have been declarations from various bishops or bishops' conferences around the world that have expressed diverse opinions. Bishops from some nations, such as Germany, Austria, and France, have expressed satisfaction. That's one word I'd say glee with the declaration. And some of them have even gone so far as to say that priests cannot refuse to impart these non-ritual blessings, that would be Germany, to persons in the irregular situation. In other countries, such as the United States, Ghana, Kenya, Mexico, and uh, that country that was in the news all the time at the beginning of the year for the conflict going on, bishops have shown their support while warning of the difficulty of ensuring that these pastoral gestures do not lead to confusing people about a change in the doctrine on, on holy matrimony and matters of the flesh in the Catholic Church. Along those lines, the, bishops, the bishop of a diocese in Spain, whose name I'm not going to try to pronounce, Jose Ignacio Munilla, noted that although the declaration is not, quote, heretical, its application can be chaotic. The bishops of at least three countries have banned the application of fiducia supplicants, Kazakhstan, Malawi, and Zambia, end quote. And it's not just those three countries, there's more that are saying no, but they have sown confusion to the point where, on the one hand, Fernandez says you can't impart the blessings the way you want to do it. You have to do it the way I want you to do it. And then on the, doing a backflip, a mental backflip and saying, but it's okay for you to discern how to, to implement this document in your diocese yourself using cultural sensitivity here. He's trying to have it both ways. You can't have this both ways. All that they have wrought is confusion. And they did it at the season of Christmas of all times. I wonder what they have planned for, for, for Lent, what they have planned for Easter. Anyway, he says, quote, Fernandez told ABC that the informal or pastoral blessings permitted by the document does not mean in the case of such persons, quoting, quote, accepting a marriage, nor is it the ratification of the life they lead, nor is it an absolution. It is a simple gesture of pastoral closeness that does not have the same requirements of a sacrament. We will have to get used to understanding that if a priest gives this simple type of blessing, he is not a heretic. He's not ratifying anything nor is he denying the Catholic doctrine on holy matrimony, the Cardinal added. Pause here. Tell that to the priest who blessed those rings in Houston. Anyway, asked if this declaration is a first step toward the acceptance of James Martin behavior or equating holy matrimony with unions between of the types we're talking here, Fernandez was blunt. That perception is totally incorrect, the cardinal said. And whoever says that has either not read the text or is in a bad mood. Allow me the expression. The statement states clearly and endlessly that these are non-ritualized blessings, that they are not interpreted as holy matrimony. <laughs> End quote. Do you believe him? Why would you believe him? George Ortiz says he hopes the next pope will be African. It might be the only way you get even a reasonably orthodox pope, but we'll see. We are in a place right now where, like, I would caution anybody into thinking we're having a conclave anytime soon. Maybe we'll have one in 2024. Francis may be around for a while yet. 
do you believe do you do you believe Fernandez or do you or do you think like I do that he's he's engaging in mental gymnastics to defend what he's done? Anthony from Avoiding Babylon says, I don't think they had any idea the pushback they would get from that document. No, they didn't have any idea. They figured that you would get the bishops that they're used to having critique everything they do, say nasty things. They figured everybody else would either stay silent or go along with it. And they said this was like the bridge too far for a lot of people. But a lot of bishops have remained silent. Now, we'll still see more statements in the coming weeks, almost certainly from some bishops. Some probably were deciding that it'd be better to wait until after Christmas, probably in January. I would expect the first week of January, we're going to get hit with probably five or six more statements. And we'll see how that goes, how we how to even cover them. And a goodbye, RM. <laughs> uh, this is a Catholic channel. We don't permit that kind of gross stuff in my comment section here. Thank you. Anthony Abbott says Supich for Pope. That would be that would be funny. I, I think that would be funny, actually. Supich for Pope. Um, it would be because at least the map, you know, at least they'd be just right in your face with what they with their planning and what they want to do. TP Joseph asked, does anyone think they care about so-called pushback? I think Francis does care, and I think Fernandez does care because while I don't think there's a conclave coming immediately. I think that they do care that that they are making it much harder for them to continue on with their work through whoever comes next. That's the one thing I think they do care about. Of course, I, I do think they're preparing for that situation, though. I do fully expect to see preparations for a conclave be announced, that they have been working on something that will help them guarantee the outcome they want. We've had a lot of rumors about this. The... Uh, I'm just going to say H-A because your name, I, not, I don't want to, I don't want to mispronounce your name. It says we, Malagasy Catholic Christians wait for the declaration of our bishops conference, but now in vain. Personally, I agree with what other African bishops have said about it. Um, yeah, there, because the, the whole continent as a collection has said no, but we, there will be holdouts. So you should let me know if, uh, when more bi actual individual bishops conferences speak out or if any, especially if any African bishops come out and speak in favor of the document. I would like to see that. Not like to, as in I want someone to do that, but I want to be made aware when that happens. So I, I do want to wrap this up with a bit of a positive thing here. Actually, there is one bit of positive that we can talk about here. And I was going to cover this yesterday, but, well, yesterday was a very strange news and it didn't really work for it. So, the Christmas message of Cardinal Burke. You want a palate cleanser? Here's your palate cleanser. Cardinal Burke's very short Christmas message. It's not that long. We'll, we'll just go. We'll just read this verbatim. It says, "Let us kneel before the King of Heaven and on Earth." In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. The opening chapter of the letter to the Hebrews reflects on the wonderful event that is the cause of our most joyous celebration today, meaning Christmas. God, who many times and in diverse ways in ancient times had spoken to the fathers through the prophets. Lately in these days, he spoke to us through the Son, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom he also made the world, the eternal word of God, God the Son, who is the source of right order and final destiny of all creation, united our human nature with his divine nature. He came to live with us, full of grace and truth, so that by welcoming him, we might become one with his most sacred heart, and we could become children of God, or not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. In fact, as the prologue of the gospel, according to St. John proclaims, 
And from the fullness of him, we have all received grace upon grace. In him, we live in accordance with grace and truth. Marvelous event of the redemptive incarnation of the birth of our Lord from the Virgin Mary in Bethlehem is eternal. Thus, the epistle to the Hebrews rightly applies the words of Psalm 102 to the infant Savior, God the Son incarnate. In the beginning, you founded the earth. The heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you will remain. They all wear out like a garment. Like a garment, you will change them, and they will pass away. But you remain the same, and your years have no end. See Psalm 102. We kneel in prayer before the, in, the image of the infant Savior because we recognize in him the King of heaven and earth, with whom we have communion of heart through the Eucharistic sacrifice that he is about to offer. The crucifix on the altar is not a decoration, but the sign of the sal- sacrifice of Calvary that Christ makes sacramentally new on the altar, the sacrifice in which we are called to participate with all our hearts. Don Prosper Geringer helps us understand the profound and lasting meaning of every aspect of today's celebration. Referring to the epistle of the letter to the Hebrews, he writes, quote, While our eyes are fixed on the sweet child in this nativity scene, St. Paul invites us to raise our thoughts to that infinite light from which eternal father thus speaks to, to this child of Mary. You are my son. Today I have begotten you. This day is the day of eternity, a day that is neither morning nor evening, nor rising nor setting. If the human nature that he allowed himself to assume places him below the angels, he is infinitely above them by his very essence. Therefore, he is the Son of God. He is God. He is the Lord. And no change can happen to him. He may be wrapped in swaddling clothes or or placed on the cross or subjected to an ignominious passing. All this only in his human nature. In his divinity, it remains impassable and immortal because he was born of the Father from all eternity. Kneeling before baby Jesus, we find a place in his divine heart united with his mother heart that he received under the Immaculate Heart of Mary, his virgin mother. Let us renew all our trust in God the Father and his promise of eternal salvation. We pray that we always find ourselves among those who love the manifestation of Christ, for whom God the Father has set the crown of righteousness. In the child Jesus, we recognize ourselves that through the waters of baptism, we are reborn in him, and that united with him in his Eucharistic sacrifice, we place our heart completely in his pierced and glorious heart. Our prayer before the infant Savior is not an exercise in sentimentality, but a source of grace to, to embrace all that it means to live in him during our days on earth, awaiting his eternal companionship in the kingdom of heaven. St. Paul's prayer at the beginning of the letter to the Ephesians expresses the eternal mystery, the identity of the divine child whom we adore and of our identity in him. Blessed be the God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heaven and Christ. In him, he chose us before the creation of the world to be holy and immaculate before him in charity, predestining us to be his adoptive children through the work of Jesus Christ, according to the good pleasure of his will. And this to the praise and glory of his grace, which he has given us in his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. He has poured it out on us abundantly with all wisdom and intelligence, since he has made known to us the mystery of his will, according to what in his benevolence he had pre-established in him, to realize in the fullness of time. That is the plan of recapitulating in Christ all things, both in heaven and on earth. Faced with the tremendous trials we face in the world and our personal lives, let us never give in to the temptation of discouragement, but let us dedicate ourselves more and more to prayer in front of the nativity scene, the crucifix, and above all, the real presence of our Lord in the blessed sacrament. Through prayer and devotion, and above all, through the coming of our Lord to us in the sacraments, may the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit who dwell within us illuminate the path to eternal life and give us the courage to follow it faithfully. May the joy of today's celebration never abandon us. May he always inspire and strengthen us, especially in the most difficult times in which we live. We offer, with Dom Prosper Geringer, his prayer inspired by the Holy Gospel. 
Today, thanks to the marvelous ways of your love, we have received you because you, because who could refuse to receive you, sweet baby Jesus? But don't leave us. Stay with us and perfect the new birth that you have begun in us. We no longer want to be of the blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God, from you and in you. You became flesh, O eternal word, so that we might become children of God. We beg you, support our weak human nature and make us suitable for the sublime destiny of ours. You were born of God, your Father. You were born of Mary. You were born in our hearts. Thrice glorified for this triple birth of yours, O Jesus, so merciful in your divinity and so divine in your humiliations that you sought. The child Jesus, true God and true man, never disappoints us. He never ceases to pour out his life for us. He always perfects the life of him in those who love his manifestations of him. His mother, the Blessed Virgin Mary, and her virginal father, St. Her virginal husband, St. Joseph, never failed to guide us to him, who alone is our salvation, never failed to guard our path in him. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Signed, Cardinal Raymond Leo Burke. Yes, it's worth noting there were a few typos in there, referring to St. Joseph as her father, you know, things like that. Caught them as we could, though. All right, one more time with the chat. Let's... Um, uh, I'm going to ask now if there's any questions, this is your time to ask them. Marine says they accomplished what they wanted with the document in the, in the media. It's the headlines they were looking for. That's part of it. That is, remember the role of the media in this. I'm going to have a video next week on the role of media on all of this, because there have been some articles that have come out from the media that are just blatantly saying what their, what, the, what their role is. Elizabeth. Um, I'm not sure what your question was, Elizabeth. I didn't see it. Um, let's scroll here. Did I answer your question? I don't, I didn't see your question. So what did I, I don't know what your question was, Elizabeth. I'm scrolling back. I don't, I don't even see a question from you. So I'm just going down here towards the end now. Um, this is the, again, I don't know what the question was. Elizabeth Jimenez, I should now I'm getting snarky. No answer, Mr. Anthony asked me. I don't know what your question was. I didn't see it. I'm sorry. Anyway, wrapping this up here, folks. What can he what can you do to convince people of this blessing? You just tell them the truth. People are not necessarily going to want to believe you. The document was written to, to be read so that if you really want to strain yourself to have it read as orthodox, you can do so. That's how it was written. That is their method. That is the same method they have had always and every time. That's what they did with Amoris Laetitia. Amoris Laetitia was read, was written so that in the aftermath, if you remember Amoris Laetitia, the aftermath of that was a very similar debate going on in the church with one result. And that was the breaking, like an internal schism among the more Orthodox side of Catholics. And then the negative critique of that document saying, this is going to lead to, to horrible things involving the sacraments happening. Well, it, that happened. It happened exactly as was predicted from essentially our side of things back in 2016. And that this document was written the same way because it was written by the same people. Fernandez wrote Amoris Laetitia. He wrote this document and he wrote it in the same way. Ambiguous if you don't know what you're looking at. And so most people will read this and say, well, they reaffirm what the church says about holy matrimony. What's the big deal? Oh, we're blessing not the, they're they're blessing the couple so that it becomes everything that aligns with the will of God, not understanding that the only way that can happen is if that couple ceases at that point. And then people live according to how God wants us to live. Some people can't be convinced. 
the best thing you could probably do for them, yes, is explain the truth of them, but to pray that they that they see the truth of what's going on. I mean, that's it. It's not a satisfactory answer, but that's about all we can do. Do I think they'll try something with deaconettes? I mean, this seems to be the roadmap for it. Yeah, everybody should pray always for, for Francis. The less you like him, the more you should pray for him. Remember, you should never let this. You should never let your 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 righteous indignation at the state of the church turn into actual malice. You should never let that happen. You've crossed the line at that point. <sighs> Traditionalist Catholic reminds us that we can't even follow the natural law without grace, which is true. Our culture is steeped in sins against the sixth and ninth commandment. That's what is without the most of the culture is without grace. And they look at you funny when you say certain things are not sinful. Mutzdan reminds us that a preconciliar document called Doctorum Fide condemns ambiguity in church documents, and that is true. This was seen many decades ago. Yeah. It would, I believe Pius IX wrote Doctorum Fide. I might be wrong. But I think I've got that document on the channel. But the, but the church does say no to ambigu ambiguity. Thank you, T.P. Joseph, for becoming a member. Really appreciate it. Um, check the... Um, the community tab uh, once a week, people get it. There's a post there on my channel for members who get a, access to the videos for the weekend ahead of time. So go check, uh, go check there. Cause it's, it's been up for a couple of days now. And Teresa says she, the, she wrote to, to their bishops. One of them wrote back such document was never issued. A lot of them have no clue what is going on. Well, that's well, yeah, that's again, a handful of them. Did cartwheels in the streets. They were got everything they wanted. A handful said no. And the rest remained silent because they were going to pretend nothing happened. All right. Um, Maria says from Cardinal Zen's homeland, beautiful letter. Email me a link to that if you can if you know where to find that, because I haven't seen that yet. That traditionalist Catholic says you would not be surprised if many are afraid. That is probably what's going on too. Because there's another thing that's looming over all of this, and that was Bishop Strickland. What happened to Bishop Strickland in all of this? His was a message, unfortunately. All right, folks, we're going to wrap this up here. And so I'm going to ask that you, as always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria. <laughs>